Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1834. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm just a little north of Gig Harbor in Bellevue, Washington, which is just east of Seattle, beautiful part of the state, with a very special guest by the name of Cameron Robinson. Cameron, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready. Let's go. Something you're used to doing, no doubt. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Cameron? Yeah, you know, I think that something that maybe won't surprise people that, that but they don't always know is that I actually learned to drive when I was only eight years old. Eight? Oh, okay. Yeah, my dad had had a friend with some property out in um, Gold Bar area, and he had an old 91 Mazda pickup. And I used to rally that thing all over the place down when I was, only when I was eight. So I've been driving for a long time. Well, <laughs> you're a young man, but that's pretty cool. My son was eight the first time he drove a car, and it was a 1968 Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, cool, and yeah. It was up on Orcas Island, and we put some pillows behind him and under him and put some blocks of wood that I actually yep. duct taped to the pedals because he was too little <laughs> to reach everything. He didn't do any rallying in that thing, but I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. And you know, I told him, I said, you know, do what I tell you and blah, blah, blah. And he actually got the shifting down good, which, was, you know, Volkswagens are a great car to learn. Yeah, it. yeah. But we were driving down this little dirt road and we came up on this brow and you had to kind of come up and go over to the left. And if you didn't, you'd go off this. It wasn't a cliff, but it was a drop. It would not have been mm-hmm. pretty. And mm-hmm. I told him, I said, you know, don't let go of the steering wheel. You got to be steering. And he comes up there and he couldn't see over the dash. So he didn't see that he was supposed to turn left. And I said, turn, 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 turn. And he's like, looks at me. He goes, what? And I grabbed the steering wheel and I jerked it to the left with a poor little guy he didn't let go of the steering wheel so his arms were like all crushed (laughs) and he's going dad you're hurting my arms and i'm like we're gonna crash and you know so it was yeah that was the uh, first experience but that's pretty cool those are fun things to remember for sure oh my gosh such great memories yes that is neat well thanks for letting me share that memory with you as well my son's 27 now so that was a long time ago Mm -hmm. let me give you a proper introduction we're going to dive into a very unique business that you're uh, starting here cameron is the founder of Unlow Motor Club, a Seattle-based share vehicle startup, delivering access to enthusiast-curated vehicles, including cars like Porsche, BMW, and Power Boats for monthly subscription fees. Unlow also hosts automotive events where enthusiasts can enjoy a variety of experiences. He's currently raising funds, so this is something that you listeners can be a part of, and we'll tell you how to do that. Cameron is an amateur racing car driver as well. He's driven everything from a 75 Volkswagen Rabbit to a Delara Formula 3. Now, there is a broad range of cars to be on the track in both the USA, Canada, and the UK. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Unlow and Cameron, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a listen, and we'll be right back. Keep the seatbelts on. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior 
For maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors including the original, their Premier Series and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Cameron, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner. This is something you're used to doing, being a guy who's on the track. I'd love for you to share more about Unlow because I found you and I went, what is this guy up to? And then I went, oh, he's just here in the state. This is very unique opportunity, unique situation. So Unlow Motor Club, where'd the idea come from? And explain to our listeners what it is you're up to. Yeah. So, you know, being a car guy my whole life, it took me a really long time to come around to the idea of like sharing vehicles because, you know, I would never want to share my pride and joy. I was like, nope, that's mine. I drive it. Nobody else does. Mm -hmm. But once I realized what what the potential for sharing is, I just I was struck. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I want to be a part of it. And so all of us car enthusiasts, we're always going to have our own vehicles, our own uh, babies that we take care of. But having a shared fleet just means so much more access for so much less money. So that's something that's really exciting. Well, it kind of reminds me a bit of the Uber Lyft idea Mm -hmm. and this phenomenon because back in, you know, I'm a lot older than you. So the only way you could get around was was public transportation, which most Mm -hmm. cities is lousy and Mm -hmm. you don't want to use it. Or you could call a cab, which they half Mm -hmm. the time never showed up and the cars were (laughs) stinky. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, this is a weird, I don't want to do this. And then these new ideas came along. Now, what you're doing is even a different concept so so Mm -hmm. as we say unlow unlock unlock Mm -hmm. more into this story yes so kind of going along with that model of uber and lyft and then the whole subscription model i mean look what netflix did with content you pay 14 bucks a month and you have more content than you could ever 
consume, right? So right. that's really, really the future of pretty much everything. Everything is going to be a- available on a subscription. And for that subscription, you're going to get so much more than you ever thought really possible. You know, I, I like to say people are going to travel the world by land, sea and air on demand from a single app for less than their average car payment. And that's the truth. That's going to that's that's literally what it's going to be like in, in not too long. So my goal is to is to kind of uh, play a big role in that as a car enthusiast because I don't want to have I don't want the people that don't like cars controlling the future of cars, right? I want to have a say too. <laughs> right. So um so so enthusiasts curated really fun cars. We have a boat and we want to provide every kind of vehicle that anybody could ever want. Again, they're shared so we can do it at a price that is substantially cheaper than it would what it would cost to own. So that's that's really the vision is to be able to just increase the access of all these really fun, cool cars and toys and just everything to get around in. There's a neat aspect to this in my mind is if you and I see, you know, you're just starting this thing and we're going to talk about the fundraising aspect of it, of how you're raising funds, because I want to make my listeners aware that this is an opportunity as well. And and that's how you're back in the whole thing. But when you when you take a few steps back and you think about, okay, I'm interested, like for me, I've loved the Porsche Cayman. I've mm-hmm. had lots of 911s. I drive BMW M3s. But I always thought, mm-hmm. would I like to have that as a daily driver? Would I dare get rid of my E46 M3 <laughs> right. to buy a Cayman? Because I just love the the size, the look. The new 911s, mm-hmm. they're wonderful, but they've mm-hmm. gotten kind of big. And yeah. so I thought, you know, how could I go spend more than just a test drive with a salesman next to me telling me, don't go so fast. Uh, let's bring <laughs> it back. Let's drag you into the office and try to sell you a car. To spend a day or two with something like that. You can't really rent those. A few people rent nicer end cars. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That would be another part of this thing. But the other piece of it too is people like young people who live in a city or don't want to have a car, don't need a car. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my son works in the city, lives in uh, mm-hmm. San Francisco. First four years, didn't have a car, didn't need one. Yeah. Yep, now, for exactly. me, I was like, how can you not have a car? <laughs> he goes, Dad, well, it's so expensive to park cars here, and mm-hmm. I just don't need one. There's all these yep. access. I can just call up a Lyft or an Uber or catch mm-hmm. the train down into town, whatever it is. Or in the, his case, he has an app, and the Google bus comes to his house and takes him <laughs> to work. Course. I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yep. Not too many people have companies that do that kind of thing for him. So tie in this this whole concept to that aspect, and then let's talk also about the fundraising aspect, because that's where I originally found out about you. Okay, yeah, cool. So you touch on a number of, of points. And so, you know, as car people, you never really don't want to drive something, right? Like, if I see a U-Haul, I want to go drive it just to see what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter what it is. I want to just drive it and, and play with it. But it's not, you know, it's not possible to go out and have an E46 and a Cayman and a, you know, a 360 Challenge or anything. You know, there's it's you get to a point where you most of us get to a point where we can't have access to all these things. So, but that doesn't mean the desire's not there. So, having um, a kind of an again an enthusiast pe- people putting together a group of cars that you can go out and experience kind of whenever. It's not just a one-time test drive. It's actually something you have access to, and then you can have your own car. But then you can have access to these other vehicles and to suit other needs. Maybe you need an SUV, or maybe you need a truck, or maybe you need that U-Haul. So there's definitely going to be those kind of subscriptions that are going to have the vehicles that you need when you need them, including watercraft and airplanes and all that other things. So um, that's definitely where it's going. And then, like you said, I mean, even here in Seattle, I know San Francisco has got to be crazy, but even here in Seattle, there are apartment buildings that are charging $400 a month for parking. That's a car payment. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I, I don't, 
Hard to imagine for me going back when I think back to my younger days. I've always lived in a house and my rule is I've always had to have a garage. And mm-hmm. I never could understand living in a neighborhood where people were parking their cars outside. Why is your car in your garage? You know, I but know. but we're car guys. We want mm-hmm. to take care of our cars. We we value them. They mean something to us and we typically spend more money. But you're right. You live in a city or in the case of my son, he finally did buy a car, uh, but he has to park it on the street. And yeah. so he had a nice car that we had bought him as a kid. And he goes, dad, I don't want that car here. It's going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. buy something I don't care as much about because yeah. there's crazy people on the street. They just come up and hit your car with a baseball bat because they can. So yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't have that until I'm, I have a place where I have a, a garage. So you're right. But also you're a young person. Younger people are, I know there's car people that are young. I'm not going to categorize that, but mm. there's also young people that, Again, maybe don't want to have that expense, but want to have the experience on the weekend or exactly. for a week or something, right? Exactly. And so let's say that these people that live in downtown, that for, exa- for exactly that reason, they go buy a Toyota Corolla because it's the epitome of a responsible decision and they insure it and then, and then they park it and they're paying $800 a month. It just, it makes no sense for them. So that's what, again, why we're so, why I think that we're so great for urban areas because People want to have nice cars. They want, even if they're not big, particularly car people, maybe they just want to have the nice sound system, you know, or maybe they just want to have the nice looking car. So that's another thing that's really one of our value propositions. And just, again, the expense. We're so much less expensive than owning and parking your own car. And the and then the other thing, too, is for every dollar you spend with Unlo, you're actually getting a Porsche or, an, or a boat or anything like that. So it's not just one car. It's not just suiting you for this one particular uh, need. So that's something that's really, really valuable. And that's right. why we're actually, yeah, exactly. And that's why we're actually pursuing um, multifamily property. So these big high rise apartment buildings that are actually charging those crazy rents for parking, we're actually approaching them to say, hey, let us provide this amazing amenity that your residents are going to love. You guys can raise your rent a little bit but they can stop paying that crazy parking fee. Every, it's a win-win-win. So that's something that's really exciting for us. So do you see this expanding across the country then? I'm sure you have a big, hairy, audacious goal, to quote the Jim <laughs> Collins, of where yeah. you see this going. Is that the plan for the future of growing Unlo? Yeah. Yeah. So of course it could be, you could, it could be astronomical success or it could just be kind of like a boutique-y um, uh, enthusiast kind of club, like again, a motor club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to serve my members wherever they are. Maybe they're here in Seattle in the summer and they go down to California in the winter or to Arizona and they, and they can, they can still have their membership wherever they are. And that's where I would look really love to do. So let's talk about fundraising because something that has never existed when I was young, I was your age, was the w- different ways you can raise money for things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see things where people are terminally ill or they have a serious illness and they're GoFundMe or they're raising money to help them mm-hmm. with their medical mm-hmm. costs or somebody's mm-hmm. loses a family member and they don't have enough money to even bury them and, and money yeah. comes in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty incredible now how you can tap into and access people, but also people who don't want to just give you money because, mm-hmm. well, I'd like, you tell me how do I do that? I'd like to hey, send me money. That would be really <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. But people can actually, you're raising, raising funds for people to invest in your business. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. We're, you know, we've reached such an amazing point where you can start and build a business on a phone. I know. know? It blows me away. Yeah. It's amazing. You go to, you go to your insert website builder.com and you put up a website and you say what you're doing and you can put some out some Instagram ads or whatever. And, and you, and you, and you have a business. It's amazing. And it's such a, it's such a 
you know, we're so lucky. <laughs> My generation and this and this this period of of time, we're so fortunate to be able to kind of just do what we want to do. So, kind of continuing on with that theme of just being able to build a business from complete scrap. That's what I did. I bootstrapped what, what I have so far, and then uh, I heard about these equity crowdfunding campaigns where you can literally reach out to people, they can actually invest in a security in your business. And if you're successful, they're successful. And so I, I was looking at, around at different platforms. There's a number of them out there and came across this one that, ha- that was pretty highly rated and shared with them my, my pitch deck, my investor deck. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, this is great. This would totally resonate with our investors. And so I put up a campaign and, and we've got over 100 investors in right now. Awesome. Now, what what is the organization that you're raising funds through? Yeah, so it's it, the company is called WeFunder. WeFunder, okay. Yep, and so they're so the SEC. So back uh, back in 2016, the Jobs Act was signed, and that made that changed some rules that made it possible for retail or individual investors that are not accredited, that basically aren't <clears throat> excuse me, that aren't multimillionaires. It made it possible for them to invest in startups, but they have to go through specific custodians almost they have to be sort of uh, you know certified by the SEC and go through all the all that and so WeFunder is one of those platforms and they do all the work I mean I don't do any of the SEC filings all I do is I just t- talk about my company put up a campaign and they handle all the legal stuff so that's another really great thing you know you don't have to be a lawyer when you think of investing uh, you know ne- again I go keep going back to my generation you could buy stocks and things like that but you ne- you just felt like you were just giving some big guy in a big building money and <laughs> you hoped he did the right thing right now investing and I look at young people like my my kids and how they invest their money and I go man you have so many opportunities mm-hmm. to be a part of this thing and the fact that you, you've been vetted by them we funder so that you know, you're real. So people aren't just right. going, am I just giving this Cameron guy money to go racing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would be nice. But, uh, yeah. you know, you can feel safe about the whole thing. And mm-hmm. and it's not to say investing in anything is going to be a win all the time. I always say, you know, you look what happened in 07, 08 when the right. market crashed. I mean, but as Warren Buffett, a pretty smart investor always said, you know, <laughs> you have to think about investing this way. You now own a piece of that business mm. and that business success relies on partially you promoting it, supporting it and, and believing in it and Mm. sticking with it in the case of Buffett. I mean, he sticks with stuff, right? Yeah. Long term. Yeah. So that's, there's so many benefits to this, um, equity crowdfunding, because as you said, you have people who are actually invested in your business and each one of them is, wants you to be successful because obviously you'll bring a return. So then you have hundreds of people out there that are thrilled about your business and will tell anybody that they anybody they come in contact with about your business. So that's such, that's something that's really really great and and it's not and it's and it's kind of democratizing access to this whole startup craze that these venture capitalist guys are making billions off of. Now anybody can. You have to be responsible. It's part of a diversified portfolio strategy, right? I mean, you have some investments in in, in uh, startups, you have some investments in bonds, and then you have some investments in Apple. You know, that yeah. so you kind of you have your different you have your sure. your uh, you make sure it's diversified. But yeah, and and again, you know, we have to, we have to get our um, our financials audited by a third party accountant, and and it does go through the SEC. The SEC has all all my information now, so I can't go anywhere. 
but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great way to kind of kind of dip your toe into into the whole startup craze that's going on right now. It's just phenomenal. I mean, I, I just love it. It's it's so exciting. And again, I say, you know, if you think there aren't any opportunities these days, you got to look at someone like Cameron or uh, the guest I had on yesterday who started a motor club uh, at, at Vault. I mean, there are so many opportunities out there that if you think there aren't, you got to open your eyes here because. Mm-hmm. And in your case, you think of social media as your platform because all these investors now can go out and tell all their friends, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or Twitter, wherever they play, they can advertise for you. And it just grows and grows and grows. I mean, it's just we're living in really the next industrial revolution in my mind. I agree. uh, Which is a Mm -hmm. technological revolution. Uh, revolution and there's so many positives to it. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about driving inspirations for you, Cameron. Okay. Uh, has there been a key mentor or mentor in your life, someone who's been influential, who's helped you have the confidence to do what you're doing? At, and, and may I ask what your age is? I'm 30. 30. Okay. So you're a young yep. man. So th- that is, well, from my side of the fence, you're really young. Uh, that has given you the, uh, the attention. It doesn't always go that way. <laughs> and, and, well, you know, it's funny. My, my daughter, when she turned 30, is like, dad, I'm so old. And I go, what does that make me? You know, because yeah, yeah. I was pretty old when she was born. So, uh, but you know, no, you've got a long, long, full life ahead of you. So you, you are a young person by, by all means. So who has been that influential, influential person in your life? Yeah. So gosh, there's, I mean, there's so many, but I think that I would, I would definitely have to give it to my family. Um, my dad, he was, he was, uh, born in Compton and raised in Long Beach, California, really rough, rough areas. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a man, many, many stories to tell. Um, and you know, he has always been so ambitious. And so he came to Seattle to basically get out of that whole kind of cycle. Yeah. Um, and so I really got my dad's ambition, you know, always shooting for the stars, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my mom, she is the most kind, compassionate person I've ever met. And so I hope that I have at least a little bit of, of her traits in me, too. So sure. I think probably my, I have to give it to my parents and my family for just being there, being so supportive uh, my whole life. You know, you're so fortunate because your father and mother to know the importance of escaping a bad situation and that there's a way out. Yes. It's a bold step sometimes, but so many people get trapped into an environment and they think they can't ever leave and they're just yeah. stuck. And this is the card I was dealt and I guess I got to play it. Not true. No. Mm-mm. The strongest people come out of really tough, tough situations. It's well, they amazing. do. You know, I look at, I always look at uh, like Hollywood actors. Now, some of them are kind of odd. I know that they're kind of <laughs> different, but a lot of them come from very adverse, mm-hmm. tough backgrounds. And you think the fact that they rolled the dice and went into an industry where one year you're a famous superstar, and the next year nobody cares about you, yeah. uh, to play that cycle, no safety net at all. It's like professional sports right. figures, race car drivers. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. You're a champion one week and a chump the next, you know, it's just, That's right. yeah, you never know. So I think you're a very, very fortunate young man. Let's take a short break. We come back, we're going to talk about a challenge that you've faced, and this could be the one that you're in right now. So mm-hmm. uh, sit tight. We'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world 
the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett-Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett-Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. So Cameron, uh, let's talk about a big challenge you faced, big obstacle, something you really had to overcome in your life. Uh, more importantly, what was the lesson that that situation taught you? So take us on a bit of a rough ride around the track, if you would. <laughs> okay, well... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Where do I start? There's been a lot of a lot of bumpy roads. I think probably one of the most recent and pivotal things was I actually helped my dad start a business prior to this one, and it was it was there's a really high potential, but it was in an, in an industry that neither one of us had any experience in, and so every single day, every single issue that came up was a learning experience. We had no. Um, we had no background knowledge to kind of bolster, you know, the effort going forward. Yeah. And so we ended up powering through. We ended up doing really well. We, we, it was, a, it was a, a quality control lab. We ended up getting really great proficiency testing procedures down. We had customers that were thrilled with what we were doing. But what we did was we focused so much on making everything perfect it, right, out, right out the gate instead of just going out and getting customers and making them happy, that we spent so much time trying to perfect everything. And so we ended up not ever being able to break even with that. You know, it was just a, it was a, it was a tough effort, but it just didn't, it just didn't work out. And so I think that the couple biggest takeaways from that was, one, I'm not going to ever do anything that I'm not passionate about. I have to be living and breathing it. And like this with cars, it's been my passion since for as long as I can remember. So it's something that I, no matter what, I'm always happy to be learning about cars in the industry and everything. Yeah. So you know, you have to be passionate, and also not that I'm a perfectionist, but I do. You know, you have a vision for something, and you don't want to start until you make it perfect or what you think is perfect. And what I learned with this was, nope, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get revenue right now, and we're going to build the rest around it, around yeah. that. 
Yeah. And so that's what we, that's what we did. Incredibly valuable lessons. And I've been a victim of the same thing. I'm a perfectionist. I want everything to be spit spot. And that quite often will stop you mm-hmm. from moving forward or being able to take the 30,000 foot view and get out of that perfection and go, what do I really need to do here? What does this yeah. have to be? I was yeah. falling into that trap when I started this podcast and I finally mm-hmm. went, I got to just start. Mm-hmm. And I literally yep. launched this podcast online a week before I'd even recorded my first show. I just put it out there <laughs> as the pressure, you know, to like, yeah. this is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hadn't recorded a show. And I got literally, I think it was two days away from when I'd promised this thing was going to be real. And I was freaking out. And, <laughs> you know, I'll call all my friends going, please be my guest. And like, Mark, what are you doing? What the hell's a podcast? You know? And <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, luckily, uh, a longtime listener, friend, Cindy Meidel, uh, connected me with Rick Cole, who was the first guy to do auctions at Monterey. And he was literally at the airport on his way to Europe and had to record the show. It sound, I was terrible. It sounds terrible. He was great. But there's, you know, <laughs> announcements, flight number 75 oh, loading. And I'm like, what is that noise? But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but some, you're right. You just have to do it. You have to mm-hmm. get out there and do it. It's like racing. We're going to talk about your racing in a minute here. You just have to get on the track and start doing right. it and That's seeing it. what it's like and and then work on your skill set. So I appreciate that you, you shared that adventure with your father. And you're very lucky you got to do it with your dad, too, yes. uh, you know, and learn those lessons together, which is pretty, pretty bold. Pretty, pretty yeah. cool, too, I think. When I think yeah. about bucket list items, this is a startup for you. So you obviously have a vision of what you want it to be. Let's not go too mm-hmm. far out because that's the other problem you can have is looking mm-hmm. too far out because there's so many things like COVID comes along or right. a meltdown of the financial crisis. <laughs> Pick who who knows what the next one's going to be, but it'll happen. Yeah. Something's yeah. going to happen. Let's just look maybe two, three years down the road. How do you envision Unlow being? What do you see? Yeah. So in, in a couple years, uh, we'll have a great partnership with a great national property management firm or, a, or an owner. Um, and we'll have cars on site at multiple, a number of their properties. Um, and we'll be serving their residents, tailoring the service to that market, providing uh, access to these people in these, in these different cities and kind of linking the cities so that if somebody here in Seattle wants to go down to Scottsdale, they can go down to Scottsdale and still have, have the same access. So that's that's the kind of the next couple years is going to have is form forging a really good um, alliance with these multifamily properties and just and just delighting their residents. You know, this is interesting. Your story reminds me of Ray Kroc and McDonald's. <laughs> and if anybody read the story or saw the movie, mm-hmm. there was a pivotal moment in that business when it was literally failing. It just wasn't yeah. working. <laughs> and that one guy said, you're not in the hamburger business. You're in the real estate and Ray Kroc goes, what? That's now, right. I had the I had the luck during college of listening to Ray Kroc. He came to one of my classes and spoke. Oh, cool. And he, he said in that class, I'll never forget it. Now, we're a bunch of wide-eyed college kids that didn't know <laughs> hardly anything. All I was thinking about was, I wonder what the surf is this afternoon so I can get back out, <laughs> yeah. get back out in the water because I was yeah. in, down in San Diego. And he said, what business is McDonald's in and people, French fries, hamburgers. No, 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 no. The real estate business. And he explained that to us. Now, when you say multifamily, the other part I see are high rise buildings where workers go to every day. I go back to my son. He used to take the train into downtown San Francisco, but there might've been times that if he had had a car, cause he didn't, 
you know, he didn't have a multi, he lived in a small condo that only had about 10 units, no parking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So high rise buildings where there's lots of offices, there's companies managing those buildings. It's full of potential customers. That's right. That might want to come down and take that car for the afternoon or for the, you know, on a Friday, take the car for the weekend, go out to the country, stay at an Mm -hmm. Airbnb, something that didn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. So in a way you're kind of in the real estate business. Yes. And hey, you know what? It's going to be, it's going to happen to real estate too. You know, people are going to want to subscribe to their house. So this, it's just the shift of how, how things are moving. But yeah, I mean, anywhere you can imagine a large number of cars that are sitting there parked a lot of times, that's where we can serve. Yeah. Because those, pe- those people are, are spending money on a car that's just sitting and they really don't need to. It's just wasted space and wasted cars. This is so exciting. Well, let's talk about something even more exciting. Well, not more exciting, but different exciting. And that is okay. vehicles, special vehicles. Now, I mentioned early, you like to race. You're an mm-hmm. amateur racer, uh, something I used to do. So much fun. Uh, you drive a very cool Delara Formula 3. So let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Is it that race car right now? Is it, that, it has to be. That one reigns supreme. <laughs> yeah, that one, the the Formula 3. So I was uh, a very ambitious uh, race car driver, and I, I had an opportunity to go to, to England and t- uh, test with a championship-winning Formula 3 team over there. Wow. I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely phenomenal. They had the whole, it was just like a mini Formula 1 team. They had the semi-trucks with the trailers, and they had the chef with them, and they had the huge tents, and every, uh, data acquisition, everything. It was phenomenal. So I went and I spent a couple days in their simulator at the garage, um, and then the whole team packed up, and we drove out to Wales, to Pembry, which is actually, uh, there's actually Senna and Prost tested at Pembry in mm. McLaren's, yeah. um, you know, back names. in the... Yeah, in the '80s, late '80s and '90s. So um, that was that was just absolutely phenomenal. It's an old, um, just like all the tracks over there. They're all old airfields, so it's totally flat, <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, I mean that car, you know, it has it has more downforce than mass, so it's just unlike anything on the road. So that was just it was just it was it was tingling from the moment I got in to the end of the weekend. It was just the absolute greatest experience of my life. <laughs> yeah, that thing's running like a 3.4 liter V6, right? So the Formula 3s at that time, they had a number of different engines. I think that the one that I had was either a Honda or a Toyota. And oh, it was, okay. a four, it, yeah, it was a four-cylinder. The Formula 2s have the bigger motors. Those ones are, <laughs> okay. those ones are crazy. But, okay. but the, even the Formula 3s are just absolutely mind-blowing. Ah, oh, I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, th- when you get into downforce, th- there's a whole oh. other thing happening there. And uh, I've never driven uh, anything like that. My my old vintage cars were uh, far from that. Um, <laughs> so that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it's mind bending, neck bending. You have to, yeah, you have to go faster to get the performance out of the car. <laughs> right, right. You know, I've had a lot of hundreds of racers on the show, and a lot of them talk about, for instance, uh, we're recording the show right before the Indy 500 this year, and I've had Indy, Indy 500 racers, and they talk about the first time they raced at Indy and the fact that they had to learn to not lift going through corners. Yeah. Because yeah. your brain says, I have to back off. And right. when you back off, that's when you crash. Yeah. And and knowing to keep the foot down because the car plants and yep. just go, it's, yeah, it's, wow, wow. What a, what a cool ride. It is. It's absolutely phenomenal. That the downforce is just it. It it changes your perspective on cars. It's just unbelievable. And and that's right. You have to stay in it. There was one corner. The the second corner to the to uh, before the finish is just it does. It's it feels. It looks like a kink on the on the map. 
But when you're maxed out on that thing, it doesn't feel like a kink. <laughs> yeah, sometimes those little minor inputs, like if you, if you run out at Pacific Raceway mm -hmm. uh, here, yeah, so turn one is a good example of that. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't look like much, but it is. And yeah. plus, I don't know if the bump's still there, but when I was racing oh, yeah. there, there's that damn bump there. That yeah, there is. Caused problems. I don't know why they ever fixed that thing, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it just does different stuff. So yeah, you brought back some great memories. Now I'm going to crawl into your head here, uh, be a bit of a psychologist. Uh, if you were manifest as a vehicle, Cameron, what would you be? And more importantly, why? Oh, <laughs> uh, so what would I be or what do I want to be? No, um, it's what would you be? It, what we want to be is too easy. Yeah, I'll be a Formula yeah. One, you know, an F1 yeah. Ferrari or something. I, I'm going to go for a Volkswagen GTI. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> because I think Volkswagen GTIs are really awesome. They, they have a lot of potential. Um, they can do a lot of stuff. But maybe I can morph into a 911 GT3 in a couple of years as I learn and grow. As but you mature, think, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. I think right now, I think I'll be a, a GTI. <laughs> yeah, no, those are great. I, mean, I remember the, they came out with the R2s, uh, which were just killer. And uh, in fact, the first car my wife and I bought when we were married was a Jetta GLI, which mm -hmm. was the Jetta version of the GTI. Right. Uh, had a little rubber spoiler on the back. And uh, <laughs> it was a great little car for us as a starter a Mark car. Mark yeah, yeah, it was great. Awesome. Yeah. What are some ways that you like to give back to folks in business or the automotive sector, being a mentor yourself? Yeah, so I think this might be, maybe it'll be a little corny, but I think that just by really by building the business, being able to give access to people that never had access to these kind of vehicles mm. before, that's one, that's the biggest goal for me is because, you know, we didn't have we really struggled financially when when I was a kid. Uh, my parents both really struggled financially. So my dad and I would go to the Porsche dealership or the go kart shop, and we would drool every weekend. Yeah. But it was never you never think of like, oh well, yeah, I could you know, dad could buy that or I could have that when I turned twenty three or whatever. And so growing up, just dreaming and drooling my whole kind of adolescence, and even into my teens and everything. Being able to to build a business that's going to make it possible for people to to go out and have fun and do more things and have more experiences that's what's really exciting to me you know and I think that it's you know I think it'll be really good for the team that when we start hiring and they get to see how they're impacting people's lives and kind of making people's lives better. Right. You're creating little mini dreams for people uh, that could lead, like I said with myself, imagine ha having uh, access to a certain car I've always wanted to see what it's really like before yeah. I go out and spend all the money on it and then realize mm -hmm. maybe I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that mm. would be bad. Plus, uh, you talk about boats and eventually aircraft, too. Um, yeah. You know, I my idea of a boat is a friend with a boat. Uh, <laughs> that's the affordable way to have a boat. And I do have some friends. I'm always very grateful for the trips. But the boats that I have been able to go out and rent or uh, borrow uh, are great fun. You could have that experience. But it's not something I, I want to do all the time. So right. uh, I'd rather be in a car, quite honestly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but boats are cool. That's for sure. I don't want to yeah. diminish my friends uh, asking me to go out on their boats with them. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I think for cars and maybe for driving, uh, Speed Secrets, the whole series of Speed Secrets is great. By um, Bentley, I love yeah. Yeah, by Ross Bentley. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Ross great. is local here, by the way. You know, I know. Yeah. He was. I was volunteering for the BMW Car Club for a while, and he came and spoke to the kind of the dry or the uh, instructors meeting uh, a couple couple years back. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, he started a podcast. He called me. He was a guest on my show, and he said, "I want to start a podcast. How do I do this?" And we spent some time, and he launched his own podcast, which is cool. Uh, uh, cool. The first when I started racing, the first book anybody bought me was his book. 
mm-hmm. which is invaluable. I mean, it's just all the yeah. basics about going faster on the track and yeah. doing it right and so forth. He also has a great subscription uh, that you can sign up to every Tuesday. It comes out with ideas and, and tips and tricks about racing and so forth. So mm-hmm. if any of you are out there doing that, even if you're a weekend warrior, Mm-hmm. doing driving events, you can subscribe to Ross's Speed Secrets uh, online. So you can just go to his website and check it out. It's cool. We'll take one more short break. We come back. You and I are going to go on the ultimate drive here. So sit tight. We'll be right back. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education in a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars Yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. All right, we are back. Now, I can arrange for the ultimate drive. I'm kind of like an unlow magician, if you will. <laughs> so you get to pick the car. You get to pick who you're going to be with. This could be somebody living or deceased and where are you going to be driving. So what does this ultimate drive look like for you as I unlow or unlock the box? <laughs> oh, man. So the car comes really quick and easy. The, the greatest car in the world, in my opinion is the Pagani Zonda Cinqua. Oh, the, gosh. That one of five. Oh, you don't like that car? No, I said, oh, gosh, yeah. Like, no yeah, kidding. Yeah, 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 good. Yeah, oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. That, that, oh, that thing, is to me, is the greatest thing. That's the number one car on my list. So that's easy. That The car is easy. And I would want it in a manual transmission. I, I would have to, if we can wave your wand and switch the transmission out, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, we can yeah. do that. Okay, good. And then uh, the the person... I think right now I would love to talk to Gordon Murray. Oh. I'd love to have a conversation with him. I'd love to hear what he has to say about that car, <laughs> what he thinks of it, you know, from, from maybe from a, a, a candid perspective that he's not going to go on air or whatever and have anybody tell. I would love to hear what he has to say about that. I'd love to hear what he has to say about all the other hypercars, you know, the LaFerrari or the 918 or um, just any other, the Bugatti Veyron. I'd love to hear what he has to say about that, his true like opinion. And then it would be awesome to learn about his time in F1, working with Ron Dennis. I mean, I would love to. I, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a Gordon Murray geek out sesh lately. <laughs> so I think that's who I'd want to talk to the most. You know, it sounds pretty cool. I had uh, Christopher Bagani uh, as a guest here on Cars, yeah. And it was right after I got to spend an entire weekend with uh, one of their cars, the Wara. And uh, I was out, I was invited to come out and speak at an event, and they had one there. Um, in fact, the guy who had it had insane. He had a Senna, uh, McLaren <laughs> Senna. He oh. had a uh, Bugatti Veyron. He mm-hmm. had a Porsche 918. I mean, yeah, that car's nuts. Uh, yeah. And the Pagani in general mm-hmm. uh, was at the Quail uh, two years ago, last time they had the Quail. Uh, they'll have it again this year, thank goodness. And they had Pagani was there. I got to, to meet Chris in, in person because I had only interviewed him via the phone from Europe and got to sit in the cars. But those things are, every piece of them is a little jewel. Little yeah. work. They think about every little part of the car. It's not just a shell or anything. It's just killer. Yeah. 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 They say that they don't have, so like most car manufacturers have like A panels that the customer will touch and see and feel. Yeah. And then they have B panels that the customer might 
C or touch at some point, and then the kind of the C or D panels that they'll never ever see. Right. I guess at Pagani, they have none of those. They're all A panels. <laughs> and that was something that was really cool. Yeah. So that was something that was so cool and stood out to me. Yeah. And Gordon Murray. Yeah. There's a great one to take a ride with. Yeah. I love it. Well, you have taken us on a, ride, a nice ride today, Cameron. This is very exciting what you're creating here. Uh, my hat's off to you for the boldness of this venture you're under. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a parting piece of wisdom or guidance, a mantra or a quote with us? I, I love quotes. Um, I think the quote that, that I like, I'm feeling right now is, um, you can't control the wind, but you can adjust the sails. <laughs> and I like that one a lot because that's definitely how I feel at the moment. You know, you can always feel like you're heading, you're always, you know, beating your head against the wall. Or you're always heading into a strong headwind or something like that. But maybe when, the, when you're at those points, it's time to adjust course. You can keep the same goal, but adjust course and figure out a, a better path to get there. So I love that. And I, just, just keeping a, an open mind and moving forward. Yeah, I just uh, did a show a few days ago with uh, the designer of the new uh, Automobilia Estrema, the Familia, which is going to be a hypercar, supercar, electric, all electric mm -hmm. car. Yeah. And we talked about the same thing as a relation to flying and mm -hmm. focusing a business. When you get in an aircraft, uh, you point to where you want to go, but there's all mm -hmm. these things, these winds that keep pushing you off course and you have to keep yep. Yep. adjusting. And that's what business is like. There's all these things that when you're designing a hypercar or creating a business like you, there's going to be all these things that are going to push you around and steer you off course. And you got to keep looking back at that goal. It doesn't mean your goal, maybe your destination changes, uh, but mm -hmm. you got to stay locked in on that and keep adjusting the sails yes. uh, yes. to, to control <laughs> the wind. That's a nice way to say it. What are some of the ways that people can learn more about your business? Um, great. So um, the website is unlo, U-N-L-O-M-C, as in motorclub.com. So unlomc.com. Um, and if you want to send me an email, you can just go to the bottom of the page and click uh, the little the little mail, and it'll go directly to my my inbox. Okay. If you want to see the WeFunder campaign, um, that's easy, too. There's, it's just uh, live now. So WeFunder, W-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com slash unlo, U-N-L-O. Okay. I, I encourage you listeners that if you have an interest in this, go check out what camera's up to. This is a chance for you to be a part of, of a very interesting, unique business. Be an investor. Uh, check it out. It's pretty cool. Cameron, thank you for sharing uh, what you're doing. I think it's just fantastic. Uh, again, I keep saying my hat's off to you for what you're uh, embarking on here. I wish you the best success. Uh, thanks for spending time with us today and sharing your stories and your goals and your aspirations. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.